Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Tonight is Thursday night, October fifteenth, and uh, early start time, eight o'clock tonight. But uh, happy to be here, and I'll be honest, I started this show early because the Met game's on in ten minutes. It starts at about eight ten. Um, figuring if uh, we're on the air here for about thirty to forty minutes, and then uh, I'm settling in and watching one of the most nerve-wracking playoff series for me personally because of my love affair with the Metsies that uh, I've experienced in, jeez, almost a lifetime, right? Um, so we'll be on the air here for a little bit, and then I'm going to shut her down and go watch the ball game. to be honest with you guys. So I appreciate you tuning in here on Blog Talk Radio if you're listening live. And uh, if you're listening live and you want to give us a call, the number is 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Don't forget the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show normally airs every Thursday night at 10 o'clock Eastern Time with myself and my usual co-host, Douglas Dallar. Uh You can follow uh, everything i got going on on rotoballer.com. I'm a proud expert over at draftvalet.com, frequent guest on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio as well. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. And follow the show on Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Um, so give us a call. We'll talk everything. Just a quick thing here. Uh, we're going to get to all the fantasy football that you tune in for and look for and expect. But anybody who knows me knows uh, I'm a baseball guy as much as I am a football guy. And I- I've done everything in my power to watch just about every inning of this NLDS and ALDS series. And i got to say, yesterday's baseball has was some of the best baseball. This postseason has been some of the best baseball I've seen in terms of drama. You know, Kansas City coming back from four runs down in the eighth inning season on the line to force the game five. They win last night. Uh, that Toronto, the Toronto game against Texas yesterday will go down as an all-time great inning, let alone game. Um, and I got to say this, the, the, the Joe, Jose Bautista, the Joey Bats bat flip, get off your high horse, all of you complaining. Just stop. Stop. Any one of you out there, whether you're a talking head like me or just a baseball fan, if you hit a three-run home run with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball with your team's season on the line, like Jose Bautista did, you're damn sure you'd watch it, you'd flip the bat, you'd flip your shit. Who are you kidding if you hit that ball? So get off your high horse. It's not a big deal. Uh, everybody relax. You know, you want to go back to the old school way? Yeah, well, you know what happened? You were losing all the kids with the old school way. Kids are watching this because they like the entertainment value. Toronto was rocking. It sounded like a World Cup soccer stadium. If you've ever watched that, uh, you know, in a South American country, go watch a soccer game in Brazil or in Spain or in Italy. That's what Toronto sounded like last year. That's what you want. The place was rocking. Dodger Stadium is going to be rocking tonight. Chicago is, is going nuts. Good for the Cubs moving on. Um, I'll put my – and i got to be honest here. I am, I'm nervous tonight about my Mets. I'm very nervous. Although I like the fact that you can go to Grom, Syndergaard, Harvey, Familia tonight. All hands on deck. They've said that. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to hit Granky. Granky and Kershaw are two of the three best pitchers in the National League to go along with Aredia. So it makes me nervous. 
if my Mets lose, I hedge my bets. Uh, you can't not root for the Cubbies. Uh, just like back in the day, you couldn't root for the Red Sox. You had to root for the Red Sox if you weren't a Yankee fan. So uh, that's what's going on. Um, if I, thankfully, I don't have to bet because I, I can't even give a prediction tonight. But uh, looking forward to tomorrow, Kansas City, Toronto. Uh, Toronto's got a pitch. I mean, Kansas City's got a pitch. I don't trust Toronto's pitching. Price we know isn't great in the postseason. Um, Stroman has only been pitching since September this year. Toronto wins by scoring runs. Kansas City's pitching has to step up. Suedo was great yesterday. Uh, what are you going to get out of Ventura, Edison Volquez, and the like? That's the big question. If they, could, if they can limit Toronto to three or less runs, Kansas City wins. Toronto's bats get going, though. This game, this series could be over. Cubs, uh, we know how they roll. It's Aredia, it's Lester, and a whole lot of offense. I'm dying to see them, really against either team. How do those young kids hit against Kershaw and Granke? The Dodgers will have a hard time, though, because after those two, there's not much. How will those young kids hit against the Mets? Four, you know, every one of them pumping 101, except for uh, Matt, who settles in at 94. But um, So great stuff. Looking forward to the game. It's going to be starting in a few minutes. If you hear me yell, it's because the game's going on. Anyway, let's get to some fantasy football, because that's really what the show's about. Great week lined up here, week six. Hopefully you listened on Tuesday night to Roto Ball of Fantasy Sports Radio with me and Real Talk Raph. We went through the waiver wire, and there are some additions to that I will talk about. But week six, you got the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Bucks on by. Keep that in mind. Uh, Cowboys situation now. You're hearing Christine Michael is going to get at least a timeshare with Joseph Randall. He's a must-add how that goes forward. Matt Castle at quarterback, really only receiving out of, option out of Dallas, considering his Jason Witten going forward until Romo returns. Oakland's on a bye. The Rams are on a bye. You're missing Gurley. You're missing Latavius Murray, um, Amari Cooper, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mike Evans, Doug Martin, um, Sims, and to a lesser extent, Vincent Jackson, all missing out. But let's start with tonight's game, the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints. Um, Falcons' pass defense is, is giving up 288 passing yards per game. Saints' passing offense is giving up 273 they're prone to giving up touchdowns. Atlanta's allowing six passing touchdowns on the season. New Orleans has allowed nine. Uh, if you got time here to start this, the Falcon wide receivers are active. Hankerson, Julio Jones, they're in. Devontae Freeman right now is the best running back in football. you got to roll with him. Same side of the ball, obviously you're playing Brandon Cooks, Drew Brees. Want to roll with Willie Sneed as well. The guy's been terrific uh, this season. He's emerging if you read my latest blog article over on draftla.com, um, you'll see that Snead has really emerged as a wide receiver, too. Freeman should go off. The Saints are allowing 136 yards rushing per game, six rushing touchdowns. Um, so he should be in line for a pretty good game. Atlanta's run defense, though, very good. Only 78 yards allowed per game. But they have given up eight rushing touchdowns. You can utilize Ingram, C.J. Spiller has been a huge, huge disappointment this season. No doubt about that. So consider that going forward. You know, he had 11 targets into six catches last week, uh, Willie Sneed. I like him a lot going forward. All right, let's take a look. Sunday at 1 o'clock, his first pitch is about to go off here. Zach Granke's going to pitch here to Curtis Grandison. Half the stadium looks like it's empty. People probably still filling in here for in L.A. Kansas City Chiefs. At the Minnesota Vikings, um, Chiefs are sitting at one and four. Vikings sitting at one and two. Let's take a look at the Chiefs first. 
couple of obvious options, Jeremy Macklin and, and Travis Kelsey, terrific passing options. I think they're pretty much week-in and week-out starters. Macklin's been terrific, really under the radar. 36 catches, 483 yards through five games. Only gotten in the end zone once, but the receptions, the targets have all been there. Kelsey with 328 yards on the season and two touchdowns. Both of those guys are must-starts. Now, you look at the rushing situation, however, in Kansas City, and we all know what happened, right? Jamal Charles blows out the knee. Who knows how that's going to shake out, right? Chachandrick West, uh, 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 people crawl all over themselves uh, to sign him off the, the fab budget, off the waiver wire this week. And we're assuming he's going to be the guy. He's been the backup there for most of the season. Slow roll for Grandison. He's out at first. They're going to look at that real quick, the Mets, and decide whether to replay that. Um, I don't have that much faith in West just because I don't know how this is going to shake out, to be honest. I think you could see this. My advice, stay away from the Chiefs running back situation this week until we know more. Now, Minnesota's prone to giving up rushing yards. They've given up 125 yards and three rushing touchdowns this season already. So what do you do? If you got to play one, you're going to play West because it seems like he's going to be the starter. I'm staying away from Nile Davis. But long-term, sit tight, watch how this goes because this could be a fluctuating situation in Kansas City. Davis has the track record as the backup going uh, from years past. He was solid last year filling in for Charles. Minnesota side of the ball, you're going to play Adrian Peterson. We know that. You could go with Mike Wallace here as well. Chiefs secondary has allowed 13 touchdown receptions this season and 86 catches to opposing wide receivers. Their passing defense is terrible in Kansas City. Wallace has become Teddy Bridgewater's number one target. He's had 20 receptions for 233 yards and a touchdown through four games. Wallace should be in line to put one in the end zone there. Other than that, there's not much I like in Minnesota. Bridgewater is a low-end option if you need it, if you're desperate. Maybe you want to sneak him in a daily game. But, uh, but other than that, obviously AP, Wallace, a decent wide receiver to flex play. That call is over, overturned. Curtis Granderson on with an infield hit for the Mets. Be nice to put up about 57 runs here in the first inning. Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Buffalo Bills, and the Bengals are 5-0. and Andy Dalton's been great. Question about the Bengals is where do you go in the running game? Gio Bernard has clearly passed Jeremy Hill as the primary back in Cincinnati in terms of production. They could say Hill is still maybe the starter there, but the production doesn't lie, right? Jeremy Hill on the – Gio Bernard has 377 rushing yards on the season – a touchdown, Jeremy Hill only has 176. Jeremy Hill has become strictly touchdown dependent. He has five, but they come in bunches. You cannot rely on Jeremy Hill. The truth is you really can't rely on Gio Bernard this week. Uh, Buffalo only allows 3.8 yards per carry on the ground. Okay, They've given up a total of 82 yards per game this season, only allowing two rushing touchdowns. This is a game Cincinnati will win through the air. I like Andy Dalton this week. I've liked Andy Dalton the last couple of weeks. In the air, Buffalo is definitely more susceptible. We know that. Um, you know, they rank as a bottom-tier pass defense, primarily because part of the reason because you can't run on them. Buffalo's allowing 281 pass receiving yards a game. They've allowed 10 receiving touchdowns. 
So who do I want from Buffalo? I, I, from Cincinnati, I want AJ Green. I want Andy Dalton. You want to sneak Marvin Jones in as a flex play? Go for it. Roll with Tyler Eifert as well. As far as Buffalo goes, Tyrod Taylor, MCL sprain. There's a chance he does not play. Do not activate EJ Manuel. Don't even consider that. For the Buffalo side of the ball, I'm going to go with Charles Clay as a low-end tight end one. Bad game last week. We know that. I think it was one catch for seven yards. But other than that, there's not much to utilize there. Sammy Watkins has been banged up. I don't trust much else. The reality is I don't trust much at all on the Buffalo side of the offense. Uh, uh, Boom Heron was their primary running back. He didn't do much. Cincinnati defense is a nice play this week with all the injuries on the Buffalo side of the offensive ball. Maybe Cincinnati defense is a good play. Nice streaming option. Nice daily game option. Stay away from the Buffalo offensive players. Chicago Bears traveling to Detroit. The Bears are two and three. Detroit is zero oh and five. Um, the Detroit Lions' pass defense is allowing just under two hundred seventy yards a game. They've allowed nine passing touchdowns. Roll with Jay Cutler this week of Chicago. All right, he has two consecutive performances of two hundred fifty plus yards and two touchdowns. Cutler is a nice play. Lions are twenty sixth in the league in points allowed. They allow almost twenty eight points a game. Cutler should have a nice game. Going to be interesting how the Bears' passing attack receiving core plays out this week. If, if, if Eddie Royal and Alshon Jeffrey will both continue to be out, Marquise Wilson is a nice play. He had 80 yards and a touchdown last week. I like him. If Jeffrey's there, if Eddie Royal's there, play the Bears' receivers. Don't be afraid to play them uh, going forward. I rank them if they're all active. It's Jeffrey Royal Wilson. Um, if you know, and, and, and sort them out accordingly, depending on active and non-active. Daniel Murphy hits one against the wall over the outfielder's head. Grandison's going to score. I told you I'd get distracted easily. Murphy slides in with a head-first triple. I'm sorry, folks. I know you're here to talk fantasy football, but the Mets with an early lead. Daniel Murphy comes up clutch. I probably shouldn't even be doing the show tonight. I'm just way too distracted. Um, Play Matt Forte, Cutler, the receivers. Detroit side of things, they're a hot mess. Matt Stafford's been terrible. The running game is terrible. Well, stay away from Amir Abdullah. He's almost droppable. He just keeps dropping the ball. He fumbles it away constantly. Really, all I'm going with from Detroit is Calvin Johnson. And, and you could almost argue that you're playing Calvin Johnson based on the name Calvin Johnson. Um... I'm not crazy about it just because of the hot mess they are right now. The the Chicago Bears pass defense allowing only 197 yards a game, but they have given up 11 passing touchdowns. Go with Calvin. He should get one in the end zone, but the rest of that team offensively right now is a mess. Denver Broncos traveling to the Cleveland Browns. Stay away from the Broncos running game, even though Cleveland is terrible against the run. We know they are. Um, this season, Cleveland is one of the bottom third teams against the run. They're actually second to worst. They're allowing just under 150 yards a game, six rushing touchdowns. If anything, play Ronnie Hillman as a flex role. Stay away from C.J. Anderson. Browns running back. Listen, Denver's defense is the best in the business right now. They're giving up the fewest points per game. They're giving up 85 yards per game on the, against the run. Stay away from the Cleveland running backs. Isaiah Crowell. Duke Johnson, they may see something, but not enough that I could trust them in a regular role. In terms of the receivers, you know, Peyton Manning's got a good matchup here with Cleveland. Um, 
The Browns have allowed 10 touchdown passes this season. Manning should be able to do some damage. I know he's been less than stellar, but uh, I, I think you got to roll with Manning. And obviously, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders are starts. Prefer the Bronco running game to the uh, Bronco. Prefer the Bronco passing game to the Bronco running game. As far as Cleveland, stay away, stay away, stay away. Denver's pass defense is just ridiculous, um, and they've been good all year. Uh, I'm avoiding them as best I can, and 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 that's it. There's really nothing you could trust. Travis Benjamin in Cleveland, um, I don't trust him. Josh McCown had a terrific game last week. We know that. But I can't expect Josh McCown to do that again. I just can't. Not against a Denver pass defense that is in the top top tier in interceptions, top tier in sacks. I expect the Denver pass defense to play a good game against Cleveland this week and not have many concerns against them. Uh, that's for sure. I think Denver wins. They're allowing 193 yards a game on the season. Only three passing touchdowns to seven pass interceptions. Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams are one and four. Houston side of things, you're rolling with two players. DeAndre Hopkins has been lights out. He's a wide receiver one. Uh, he's matchup proof. 578 yards through five games, three touchdowns. Arian Foster is back. I think in a PPR leagues last week, he put up over 20 points. I like them next week, this week against Jacksonville. Jaguars uh, are a mediocre defense at best. You know, uh, move the ball against them without much concern. They allow 260 yards through the air. So uh, feel good about DeAndre Hopkins. Feel good about Arian Foster. Jacksonville side of things. Let me tell you, the Houston Texan defense has been a bit of a disappointment. You know, everybody wanted them in a weekly league, but they're allowing 225 yards through the air. They've allowed nine passing touchdowns. And on the ground, the Houston Texans defense is, is no great shakes either. Uh, Houston's allowing 114 yards per game on the ground with six touchdowns. As far as Houston go, uh, Jacksonville goes, though, keep in mind, uh, TJ Yeldon, groin injury. Toby Gerhardt is running with the first team. Don't do it. Stay away. But Jacksonville's passing attack, I love. Blake Bortles, if uh, he's a bi-week fill-in, if you're desperate, I am not against using Blake Bortles in this matchup. I am all in on Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. The Allens in Jacksonville have been terrific the last couple of weeks. Hearns, 430 yards on the season. Robinson, 402. Three touchdowns for Hearns. Four for Robinson. Feel good about utilizing those two guys. Uh, Lucas Duda and Cespedes strike out to end the inning. Mets, though, end of one, top of the one, one nothing lead. It's exactly what you would want. Get an early lead. If Jacob DeGrom throws a no-hitter, the Mets move on. It's that simple. Um, so there you go. Brian Hoyer, I can't trust Brian Hoyer. Who knows? They've been flip-flopping quarterbacks all year in Houston. I know he's got a decent matchup. The Jaguars allow 29 points a game, 31st in the NFL. Quarterbacks complete almost 68% passing. Hoyer had a great game last week. You know what? If, you, if you're losing Derek Carr, if you're losing Jameis Winston, well, odds are your season's in trouble already. But if you've got to go with Hoyer, I prefer Hoyer. If you want to use Hoyer in a daily game, go for it. Seasonal league, though, odds are you have a better matchup than Brian Hoyer. Miami Dolphins, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Miami Dolphins are the worst team in the league against the run. They're allowing 161 yards per game. But here's the problem with Tennessee. Who do you trust? I can't put Bishop Sankey in the lineup. Dexter McCluster, Antonio Andrews. 
Odds are one of them pushes one across the goal line. That might be Andrews. Andrews has been decent in PPR formats. He had three catches, I think, for 45 yards. So he may end up being the guy. But but you can't really trust any of them. Sankey, after a good week one, has done next to nothing. Um, if you're desperate for a running back, run with Sankey. But that is really a three-headed timeshare there. Marcus Mariota, Kendall Wright. I like Delaney Walker in this matchup against Miami. Anybody who listens to the show knows I love a veteran tight end with a rookie quarterback. Kendall Wright is a PPR league flex play. Mariota is not terrible. Miami side of things, we know they're a mess, right? Uh, Tennessee Titans against the run this season. Um, New call coach, though, so keep in mind that can change some things. Tennessee, though, is allowing 117 yards per game on the ground, 23rd in the league. I'm not afraid to use Lamar Miller. I think Miami has a little spark coming to them with the change in head coach. So I'll roll with Lamar Miller. Tennessee against the pass this uh, this season so far, not, not you know, middle-of-the-pack type of defense there. Not the best in the league, not the worst. When you see Tennessee, um, so I'm not afraid to use Ryan Tannenhill. I'm not afraid to go with Jarvis Landry. Either. I think both of them could have a game. I think Miami wins this game. I'm not afraid of using them, like I said. Um, Tennessee giving up seven pass touchdowns this year. I think somebody gets in the end zone. I think Tannehill throws at least one or two. Washington Redskins at the Jets. We know the Jets' pass defense is terrific, 186 yards a game. Kirk Cousins, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson could all struggle. I do like, however... The, the rookie Crowder in a PPR league. We talked about him on Tuesday night. Don't be afraid to go with Crowder in a PPR league as a low-end flex option. Redskins running game is a mess. You can't trust anybody there. Really, I'm staying away. Jets side of the things, Chris Ivory. Brandon Marshall said it, right? you got to believe it. Chris Ivory is the best running back in the NFL. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but Chris Ivory is averaging five yards per carry. I'm not afraid to use him against the Redskins. Now, I know the Redskins' rush defense is tough, but I would go with Chris Ivory. He's going to see 20 carries. Offensively, uh, the receivers, you roll with Marshall as a wide receiver one. You roll with Eric Decker as a low-end two or a flex option in this game. That's where you go. I think both of those guys will have success. I think Ivory gets in the end zone. Uh, you know, they, Their offense goes, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Jets' offense goes as Chris Ivory goes. That's just the truth of the situation. So go with the Jets. They're home. Redskins aren't very good. Kirk Cousins will throw a couple of picks, giving the Jets some decent opportunities to put the ball in the end zone. Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start with the Cardinals on this one, and I know I'm going fast, folks. Uh, trying to get a, uh, get the show in in about 30 minutes tonight. Uh, feel free to give me a call, though, 347-838-8088 if you're listening live. If you're not, if you're on iTunes, driving in the car, wherever you're listening, as always, I do appreciate it. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start looking with the passing game. Pittsburgh this season against the pass, allowing 257 yards and nine passing touchdowns. Carson Palmer, uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, all must starts. Michael Floyd don't. Michael Floyd has been a non-factor this season. Eight catches for 104 yards. Brown, Fitzgerald, all terrific, both terrific plays this week. Running game, Chris Johnson's the number one running back in Arizona. He's got 405 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He's a start. He's a start, Chris Johnson. 12-team league, he's a top 24 running back. Andre Ellington, you saw it. He only had one carry last week. Yeah, he busted it for 63 yards. 
but he only had one carry. He's at best a flex, flex option. David Johnson, I think he only had three carries last week. He didn't have much of a role. He is getting goal line touches, but that's a deep league 14-team option at best. Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously you're playing Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Let's be honest, though, Antonio Brown needs Ben Roethlisberger to return. I'm not playing Michael Vick. I can't trust him, um, but I'll play those guys. Martavius Bryant is back as well for Pittsburgh. He's not on the injury report. He's ready to go. Now, the Arizona pass defense this season, 235 yards, seven touchdowns. Martavius Bryant is a low-end flex option until you see what his role is in the offense. He's going to pass Marcus Wheaton. Wheaton's been a disappointment all year. So uh, if you need, if you have a choice between Wheaton or, or Bryant, play Martavius Bryant. But I would prefer not to use him. There are other guys I'd rather. I'd rather play Crowder of Washington than Martavius Bryant. It's in a PPL league. Bryant may bust one big, but Crowder's going to get targets. I can't, I can't see Bryant getting that uh, with Michael Vick at the helm. Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. And Jonathan Stewart of the Panthers, you can't put him out there. Uh, Seahawks yielding only 3.5 yards per carry this year. I know they're 2-3, and three, but they're still the Seattle Seahawks, and they're playing at home. So that scares me. I am not in favor of using Jonathan Stewart. In fact, in a league I'm in, I've dropped Jonathan Stewart, and some people will say, Anthony, that's crazy. He's still a starting running back. I get that. But I wanted Christine Michael. I did. Uh, the reports broke that he was going to be active. He was available. And I made the move. And I dropped him uh, uh, for Christine Michael. I didn't need either one to start this week. I think long-term for the season, I'd rather have Michael of Dallas. I think he's eventually the starting running back there. So uh, so that's who I would go with um, um, there. Seattle side of the things, if Rawls starts or Lynch starts, you play whichever Seattle running back is starting there for them. Um, Dodgers have come right back with one out, back-to-back hits here by Kendrick, by Seager and Adrian Gonzalez, and it's quickly first and third with one out as the Dodgers are determined to tie this up. Seattle's allowing 92 yards per game on the ground. Carolina's also allowing 92 yards per game. They're dead even. I will trust Marshall Lynch and Rawls, though, more than I'll trust Jonathan Stewart. I'll start Russell Wilson at quarterback against Carolina because odds are he's the best one you've got. I'll stay away from Cam Newton if I have other options. Listen, if you told me you wanted to bench Jimmy Graham, I wouldn't think you were crazy anymore. Jimmy Graham's been a disappointment this year. Still, uh, you could trade him to me if you want, but he's still been a disappointment. San Diego charges against the Green Bay Packers. Packers 5-0. and oh. Eddie Lacy will start with that. Eddie Lacy's been a huge letdown. But the charges are in the bottom third against the run. Allow almost five yards of carry. You're going to go with Eddie Lacy. Don't get cute and bench him. James Jones, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Freeman is questionable. I'm not putting him in my lineup. James Jones, in my view, has passed him on the depth charts, or at least in Aaron Rodgers' eyes. So, um, so, James, so Devontae Adams is strictly bench fodder at this point. I'm not ready to cut him, but he could sit on my bench. San Diego Chargers. Um, Melvin Gordon's starting to get more and more involved in a PPR league. I think he had about 14, 15 points last week. He's a running back three, low-end flex option. Not ready to put him in as an RB2 just yet. Keenan Allen, Danny Woodhead, and Antonio Gates, Phillip Rivers, get him in your lineup. It's going to be a shootout. Woodhead's been terrific in PPR leagues. Keenan Allen's been clearly uh, Phillip Rivers' number one target. But you saw what happens 
when Antonio Gates, Phillip Rivers, it was like a tearful reunion on Monday night, nine catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Gates immediately, in my view, thrust as a tight end one and a must start. Ravens at the 49ers. Both teams are one and four. Um, Justin Forsett, you're going to play him against the 49ers. Other than that, there's not much I love with Baltimore. Steve Smith may play. It's a game-time decision. Be careful with that. Joe Flacco, I'm not crazy about. However, I do like Colin Kaepernick against the Ravens' defense. They have allowed 350 passing yards in three of its five games. You could throw the ball on Baltimore. I'll play Anquan Bolden. I'll put Carlos Hyde in the game as well. I'll go with the 349ers in a situation that allows Justin Turner bloops one into right, and there goes the lead. DeGrom has nothing right now. Dodgers have first and third as they tie the game right back here in the bottom of the first. Never thought this game would be a shootout, but uh, uh, here we go, huh? Sunday night at 8.30 Eastern time, the Patriots at the Colts. Who knows? Andrew Luck is expected to return, so you're going to put him in your lineup. Um, With his return, you feel comfortable with Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton. Andre Johnson played well last week. He's a low-end flex. Frank Gore, I know he's been decent lately, but you got to figure the Patriots are going to blow this one open and making Frank Gore kind of useless. So play the running backs, play Andrew Luck. Patriots side of the ball, obviously, Edelman, Gronkowski, and I love Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis at this point is a solid running back, too. He is a must-start option. Uh, He leads the team with 180 yards. He's averaging five yards a carry. He's got two rushing touchdowns. Third in the team in receptions with 23, 238 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. He's been terrific, especially in a PPR format. Deion Lewis is a must-start for really the remainder of the year. Uh, Finally, the Giants Monday night against the Eagles. Both of these teams are terrible against the pass. Giants are terrific against the run, however. Stay away from the – at this point, you're probably still going with DeMarco Murray, but he showed a little glimmer of life last week. Play him if needed. I am in on Sam Bradford. I am in another base hit. It is two to one Dodgers. And and get the bullpen going, New York. Jacob DeGrom is letting you down right now. Four straight hits. He has nothing. He has absolutely nothing right now. Three ropes and a dink, and it's two to one Dodgers. First and second, one out. Gotta get the bullpen up. Jacob get Noah in the gut up. Can't get cute here. DeGrom's letting you down. There's no way around it. Um Jordan Matthews, Zach Ertz, play Zach Ertz. Giants have ranked 32nd in the NFL against the pass and have allowed 37 receptions and four touchdowns to opposing tight ends. Giants started the ball. This is a hot mess here. I'm willing to play Eli Manning. Stay away from the running game. PPR league, though, use Shane Vereen. He's been terrific. Here's the problem. Ruben Randall and Odell Beckham both have hamstrings. Randall practiced today. Beckham did not. Monday night, you've got to make a decision here, folks. If Randall practices again tomorrow, I think he's a safe play. Beckham makes me nervous. Here's what I did, because I have stock in Beckham. Every league I have Odell Beckham, I picked up their new slot receiver, Dwayne Harris, kick returner, slot receiver. If Beckham, he's been good, Harris, all ye- the last two weeks um, in PPR formats. He's been, he's been usable, and I know he's under the radar, but he has been usable. If, he, if Odell Beckham is out, and he becomes your wide receiver too this week, I expect him to have a decent game against a terrible Eagles pass defense. I do not mind using Harris. So I've added him. That way I don't have to worry about it. At 8.15 on Monday night, 
If Odell Beckham is out, I will put in Dwayne Harris uh, into my lineup. I know it sounds crazy, but the truth is I don't have any other options because I don't want to walk away from Odell Beckham and have to roll with somebody else of a, of a lesser talent. You know, Dwayne Harris, 14 targets over the last two games, 11 catches, 123 yards and a touchdown. 16 and then 13 points in a PPR league. It's not Odell Beckham, but it's not terrible either. It's better than being caught and having to use somebody you don't love. You'd rather have Odell Beckham. So that's my advice. If you're a Beckham or Randall owner, add Dwayne Harris, drop somebody. I think I dropped David Johnson of Arizona for him just because of the depth chart there in Arizona. Uh, um, uh, Johnson, I think I could get back in a week if need be. So there you have it, folks. Um, I did it. I did it in a half an hour. Hopefully you got some advice out of this. Uh, I know it was quick. Um, but you know what? Like I said, priorities, folks. Priorities. I'm, I'm sitting here watching this Met game, and I'm so disappointed in Jacob DeGrom right now. If he could get out of this inning, first and second, one out, uh, with only two runs scoring, you've got to view it as a victory. The only problem is I don't know how much more you're going to get off of Zach Granke if you're a, if you're a Met hitter. So, all right, folks, I want to remind everybody, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, as normally every Thursday night at 10 o'clock Eastern. You can follow the show on Twitter at Aniano Fantasy. Follow us on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. And go to iTunes and do us a favor. Rate, subscribe, download, comment. You know the routine to the show on iTunes. We do appreciate it. You can also hear me every Tuesday night with Real Talk Rap on the Rotoballer Fantasy Sports show as uh, we do the waiver wire show every Tuesday night. Then Thursday night I come on here and I do all the start shit, st- start sits. I'll be on Twitter all weekend. If you have any fantasy sports questions, feel free to jump on there. Let me know what you have going on as well. All right, folks. So for Anthony Aniano, this is the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Go Mets. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Have a good one, folks. Mm-hmm.